When you meet someone who radiates strength, love, passion, and enthusiasm for life, there's only one thing to do. Ask them to be on your podcast a second time because you know that the simple art of conversation between two humans has the ability to create connection, inspire change, and spread joy. This week, I am excited to welcome back to the Visionary Life podcast, Kara Foley. Kara is a holistic physiotherapist, yoga and meditation teacher, and wellness expert. Kara's past decade of life experience has been anything but conventional, and through that, she's constantly creating a meaningful life through travel, entrepreneurship, yoga, physiotherapy, and so much more. I can't wait for you to listen to this episode with Kara. You're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Rydell. Each week, I'll bring you conversations with some of the most passionate, hardworking, and limitless thinkers on this earth who have a story to share, a brand that inspires, or a fire inside of them to live life on their own terms. The intention behind each episode is simple, and that's to include you in these conversations so that you can learn, apply, and grow in your own life and in your business. If I can share one quick secret with you before we begin, it's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us, but perhaps somewhere along the line, someone told you to play small, to play safe, and that led you to live an ordinary life. Tuning into Visionary Life will help you dust off the limiting beliefs you carry around so that you can begin to create your own most visionary life. It's in you. It's in all of us. Let's dive in. I am mega pumped up for this week. And if you're a business owner or if you one day aspire to be a business owner, I have something for you. In summary, Tuesday, December 10th, I am teaching a Marketing 2.0 workshop in Toronto. And then on Wednesday, December 11th, I'm teaching a workshop in partnership with the ladies community for any women who want to start a business but have no clue where to begin. So that's two chances, December 10th and December 11th, to hang out, chat business, and figure out how to create your most visionary life together. So if you want to sign up for the Marketing 2.0 workshop or the Starting a Business Basics, just go to kelseyridle.com slash links and you'll learn more. That's L-I-N-K-S and you can learn more. But I do want to take just two minutes of your time to explain the difference between these workshops. So on Tuesday, December 10th in the evening, this is a 90-minute workshop all about how you can create a standout brand, one that everyone raves about, that your clients and customers talk about. So in a world where we are truly inundated with options when it comes to where we spend our money, it is imperative that you as a business owner know why people should shop with you. So if you can't immediately think of the answer to that question, I want you to come out to this workshop. I'll be sharing three marketing secrets that you can implement immediately and sharing some really freaking awesome stories. So the event is being held at the Staples Studio in downtown Toronto. And again, you can go to kelseyridle.com links to reserve your spot. But if you're thinking, Kels, I don't even have a business yet, 
Well, then I've got something for you. Join me on Wednesday night. So this is for all aspiring and newbie entrepreneurs. I'm going to be guiding you through a step-by-step process that will take you from idea to income. And this is perfect for you if you want to start a business, but you have no idea where to begin. So I'll teach you how to discover your innate strengths and what you're here to teach. I'm going to talk about what the knowledge industry is and the fact that it's grown to a $129 billion industry. Then we'll share a little bit more about what it takes to be an entrepreneur and the five key attributes that you need before you start your business. So if 2020 is your year, you absolutely should sign up for one of these workshops, kelseyridle.com slash links. All right, back to Kara. So she is truly a gem, you guys. I can't wait for you to listen. If you want to tune into our first episode together, which also shares the story of how Kara and I met, then tune into episode nine, where we chat about navigating the gifts that life gives us, moving from the big city to a small, small town, and how she launched her yoga studio. Over the past decade, Kara has developed a specialty in chronic pain and stress management through the evolution of her work and business as she weaves Western and Eastern medicine philosophy. She's the owner of Bodhi Wellness Center in Deep River, Ontario, where you can find her treating clients by day and running yoga and meditation classes by night. She believes that the body and the mind are inextricably linked and that we cannot find balance in one without balance in the other. I was lucky enough to bring Kara back on the show because she's continually inspiring, evolving, and she has a lot of wisdom to share with you. In this episode, we chat about the lessons learned on her recent trek to Nepal, which was so inspiring, and I think Dave and I are going to try to simulate her whole trip. We talk about why she chose not to write a business plan when she opened Bodhi Wellness. She shares the power of journaling and taking the thoughts out of your head and writing them onto paper. Hint, what she wrote on paper many years ago is now her life. It's so cool. She talks about the shift in Facebook ads and why she's no longer thinking of using them as a marketing tactic. She talks about the methods she used to get people in the door when Bodhi Wellness first opened. And finally, she's sharing a brand new online program that her and her amazing husband are creating that's called Conscious Cancer. So you will absolutely get so much from this episode. If you want to connect with Kara, you can find her at kara.embodied on Instagram or physiobody.com, and I'll link those in the show notes. You can also find them online with their cancer program, which is still not launched yet. So, I mean, definitely go follow them so that you can be the first to know. You can find them at conscious.cancer on Instagram or consciouscancer.ca. One second, we have to talk immunity before I let you listen to the episode. I swear, no matter how much I take care of my body, I eat well, I exercise, I sleep, I still tend to get run down a couple of times each winter. 
it's kind of hard to avoid when you live in Canada. And as a holistic nutritionist, I am a big fan of getting my nutrients through food, but adding in supplements can be extremely beneficial. My top choices would be oil of oregano, vitamin D, and a good probiotic. They kind of act like your insurance policy so that even when you don't eat perfectly, you're still packing in the nutrients. So where I grab these three supplements, again, the oil of oregano, vitamin D, and a high-quality probiotic, I get them at Healthy Planet, okay? With over 30 locations across Ontario, they are truly the store you need to be shopping at. Their selection is amazing. The prices are not to be beat. So you can head to one of their stores and shop, or I have an amazing promo just for my visionary podcast listeners. So if you head to healthyplanetcanada.com, place your online order of over $49 and use the code visionary10 at checkout. So that's visionary10. And you're going to save 10% off your entire order. It'll ship right to your door for the Christmas season. You've got to stock up on the healthy goods. Welcome back to the Visionary Life Podcast. It's been a while because you haven't been on since season one, episode nine, which is crazy. So I'm so excited to have you back because it's been almost two years and we kind of realized that we haven't even seen each other in that long. So super pumped to have you back on the show. I know lots has changed in life and in business and we'll dive into all of that today. So welcome back. Thanks. Um, So you just got back from your trip to Nepal. What were you doing there? Uh, So I was in Nepal um, with a company called Anapaya who cleans up wild spaces and it was their first trek. So um, the primary objective was that we helped a local nonprofit called Let's Clean Up Nepal and we did a cleanup at the Monkey Temple at Budanath and then (laughs) the majority of the trip was trekking the Annapurna Circuit. So cool. And what was like your overall takeaway from the trip or just describe the experience to the listener in like a couple sentences? Okay, so two things. One is that one of the most beautiful things about Nepal is that everything that we in North America hide, they just lay out like life, death poverty, riches, like, you know, they have so much joy. They have so little, but so much joy. Um, so that was that was a big thing. And I think the biggest thing was that piece of joy. Like they have such a simple life, but the people are so kind and just so full of joy. And mm. it's just they're just really pure hearted people. Yeah. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. When you came back, did you have kind of like a sense of how can I bring more of that to my life here? Or like, how do you preserve that when you come back to your reality, which is different. Yeah. So, um, definitely the sense of, you know, simplifying, you mm-hmm. know, we always, especially well in the city, but in, in North America in general, we have this consciousness of constantly achieving and up leveling and, you know, having and wanting and all of these things. And it was just a really beautiful simplicity. There's definitely some things here that, you know, I say now I will never take for granted, like hot showers and baths and, you know, plumbing and things like that. But um, I think just the real takeaway is just, you know, where can you simplify? Because that's where you can find joy is just, 
you know, what's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so true. It's like the joy is never found in the things because the things come and go, yeah. but it's like the experiences and the mm-hmm. people we meet and the impact. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so cool. So if somebody is listening to this podcast just before we kind of move on and they're interested in doing some sort of trip like this or some type of meaningful travel, like how do you find out about these things? Because someone probably look at your trip and go, where did she even learn about that? (laughs) Yeah. So, well, I'm fortunate in that this trip was run by some dear friends of mine and their company is a B Corps and with this travel branch, they're looking to create authentic experiences. So without it sounding like an advertisement, um, you know, I'm just fortunate in that I'm very close friends with the owners of Anapaya and um, this was an opportunity that came up with them. Um, so definitely that's one resource. Um, but I think, you know, with the internet, even just looking, like looking at the details, right? Like you could Google, you know, conscious travel and I'm sure something would come up. Um, but just looking at the details of the trip and then something as simple as, you know, just choosing where you spend your energy on your trip or connecting. Like last year I was in California and I did a beach cleanup. Like there's always something local going on. You just have to look for it. So, Mm. um, you know, whether you're traveling on your own and are just looking for what's going on locally, but, you know, making a conscious decision to try and find that where you go is is even a simple way to mm-hmm. make it happen. Yeah, I love that too. Yeah. Like even just thinking of conscious travel versus just Googling like what's the yeah. next adventure I can take in this country. It's like yeah. make sure you're looking at the details and how are they supporting the local economy. Yeah. Something really cool. even as simple that came up in the markets in Kathmandu is, you know, some people were, you know, what is not negotiating, bartering. It's like a sport for some people, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And they're bartering and all these things and – And then you find out if you speak to the people, there was a few fair trade shops. And if you speak to the people there, so the fair trade shops, everything had price tags and the other shops, nothing did. And it's, you know, they kind of see you as, you know, perhaps a rich tourist or whatever in the other shops. And some people like bartering and that sort of thing. I hate it. I always makes me feel sleazy, but that's just a personal opinion. But at the fair trade shop, you know, they were saying that by doing that, you're contributing to unfair working conditions and all these things and that by choosing to shop in the fair trade shops where the artisans are paid properly like you're still maybe going to spend eight dollars for a pair of pants which instead of five you know like little choices like that like Mm -hmm. finding finding the artisan shops where like people are going to be paid fairly and Absolutely. You know, that can make your your trip that much more valuable. Mm-hmm. And that's an, even mm-hmm. a lesson we can bring home, mm-hmm. right? It's like not shopping seasonal fashion mm-hmm. all the time and making sure that, yeah, it, you're really supporting companies that are doing good mm-hmm. and not abusing our mm-hmm. economy and our world. Yeah. Okay, so we have a lot of new listeners since you were last on the show. And so for anyone tuning in who maybe didn't listen to our first episode together, you and I met probably seven years ago, mm. I would say, which is insane just yeah. thinking about that. We met while teaching fitness classes downtown mm-hmm. Toronto, where we both lived, and now you've since moved. But anyways, I think it would be awesome if you could just give us like a quick rundown of your life in the past decade, maybe, mm. just for the listener who does not know Kara and wants to hear a snapshot of kind of where you came from and what you're up to now. So give us the Coles notes here. Oh my God. (laughs) Or you can go long. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like I've had 10 lives. So in the last decade, so we met teaching spinning 
Um, within that realm, I've done everything from high performance strength and conditioning coaches, working with the National Feeder League for Canada Basketball um, in terms of therapy and training. Um, I taught spinning for about 10 years, left the city, um, recently started teaching again because somebody opened a little spin place where I no live, way. so I've been subbing. <laughs> um, so that was a part of my life that I missed. So yeah, we met teaching spinning. Um, and after leaving this city, so my primary work is holistic physiotherapy, which we talked about last time. And uh, since leaving the city, I've primarily been just doing the, the therapy and teaching yoga and meditation. Um, I've been training in yoga psychology, which is super fascinating. So diving into, um, you know, the mind-body connection deeper. Um, that's been in the last year. And... Yeah, trekking the Himalayas and doing doing all the things, but the majority of the majority of my work is that mind body connection. Even in my therapy office, you know, working with the nervous system, teaching people to breathe properly again to reduce stress in their body to promote healing. So, um, it's it's all kind of circled in around that. You know, going from a life of teaching super high intensity athletes to you know how gentle and nourishing can we be to our bodies in a world where we're constantly just on guard so Mm -hmm. and I think you like me like we're both multi-passionate like I also (laughs) feel like I've lived like nine (laughs) lives or more because you're kind of just like following your your interests and Mm -hmm. you're not afraid to pivot and evolve Mm -hmm. when the time is right and I'm sure um, you were never the type of person who thought you'd have just one career mm. all the way through mm. to retirement. And I think it's so amazing to be in tune enough with yourself that you honor that. And you're like, you know what? It's time to try out this modality and I want to get certified in this and mm-hmm. continue to upgrade and continue to learn, which is very admirable. So for context, you used to live in Toronto, population like 3 million. Now you're in Deep River, which is in Ontario, and population 4,000, 5,000. So just give a rundown to the listener, like how that move was and what you ended up creating once you moved to Deep River. So um, we we moved out of the city. We just kind of, you know, hit that point. I grew up in Deep River, so... Um, I loved Toronto. It still holds a dear place in my heart. I'm happy to be here for the next two days. Um, we moved out of the city um, after, which I'm sure we'll get into later, some some health stuff with my husband. And we just really needed to nurture and be close to my family and, you know, have a simpler life. And after moving there, I took a job at a hospital. And after that, about two years ago, we opened a a yoga studio, yoga meditation, and my therapy office is there. Um, Even though I grew up there and I thought it was what I wanted the first six months, and I'm sure anyone can relate anytime they move, I was like, what did I do? (laughs) Like, I missed my spin community. I missed all of the lovely people of Toronto. I missed, you know... If you're working late, just picking up dinner and, you know, all the luxuries that come with the city, um, having lived in Southern Ontario for 13 years at that point. So um, definitely the first six to 12 months were rough, even though it was what we needed. It was kind of like, oh, did we do the right thing? And I was, you know, working a job. I took a job, which was like a responsible decision. And but I knew it wasn't where I needed to be. And 
Um, I'm sure many people can relate to that. And then, you know, after that time, it's like you start to make friends in your new community. And I, you know, there's some people I went to high school with, but um, small town life is just so different. So it really took until I plugged into the yoga community there um, until I felt like I kind of had a place. Um, so yeah, it's been, a, it's been an evolution now for the time being, we can't imagine, you know, living back in the city, but yeah, as life takes us, you just kind of see where it goes. And, and mm. last time that you were on the show, you actually hadn't opened your no. yoga meditation <laughs> studio yeah. yet. So can you rewind and just share a little bit more in terms of the process of opening the space, because that's a dream that so many of the listeners have is opening a physical space where they can practice their craft, but it feels super overwhelming to them. Mm-hmm. They're like, where would I ever begin? So maybe just zoom the lens back and take us back to those few months where this was all coming together and you rented the space and you started up your services. Um, can you share a yeah. bit more about that journey? Yeah, so um, the way that it evolved for me, which actually is kind of a good way to do it for those who are afraid to jump right in, is that I started by just renting a private office. So I just had one room where I had my therapy practice and I was teaching yoga out of a fitness studio. And essentially what happened is the studio is in a basement. It's cold. It's not really perfect for yoga. Really, really great for fitness and spin. It's where I'm teaching spin now. Um, but not perfect for yoga. It flooded a few times. So there there was one flood where I had to go in. I had to, you know, pull all the blankets, all the bolsters, all the stuff I'd invested in and like dry them out. And that was kind of when I had this pivot point of being like, okay, I'm renting one office. I'm renting time at a studio like maybe I can just find another space. And um, I found one like within a few days of that happening. And and then that's where it kind of starts to get like scary for those opening a business because depending on, you know, what city you're in or where you are, you know, it can depend. Sometimes the owner will renovate for you. Sometimes it's on you, right? So in our case, it was on us. Oh, wow. um, I have very handy parents. So definitely community is key anytime that you open anything. Um, if you can just call on the people you know that have certain skills and more often than not, they're happy to do it for you, right? Mm-hmm. So I was fortunate and I just had to buy materials and my parents are retired and they put up walls and you know I went in and helped paint and things like that. But the majority of the labor uh, was my parents and I use some of my resources in Toronto to get certain things. Like we have a sliding barn door. So I got the hardware in Toronto, which made me feel good because it's like a little piece of my home here. And um, so, yeah, we went through, which is typical, you know, about a month of construction and ups and downs with the new space, things that you realize are wrong with it that weren't disclosed. And everyone goes through that. Um, and then we opened our doors in October two years ago. So it's been about two years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And at the time we had a sublease of a smoothie bar and it's really amazing because she's since moved on and opened her own full on cafe. Um, so that's really cool to see her grow and flourish. Mm. And, um, you know, we're still great friends. It's, it was like perfect. She just needed to grow. And, um, so yeah, it's kind of a whirlwind and you're like, is it all going to go through? And then you're, you know, in our case, we were trying to get, um, there was like a bit of a leak. So it's like, well, we can't open our doors until the roof is fixed. And, you know, all these things that 
then from living in Toronto, having that skill of being a city person and like Mm -hmm. being able to lay it down and being like to the landlord, you know, I'm not, well, you know, I'm not giving you money until you fix the roof. Right. Which Mm -hmm. a lot of people in a small town wouldn't do, but so definitely having that background of coming, coming out of Toronto, uh, was helpful. And it's been, it's been beautiful. You know, we've, helped it's amazing how many people we've helped in such a short time and you know it's a small town it's not like toronto you don't get the same numbers but the people who come it's like you can see how it's shifted their life in the short time that we've been open and you know that makes it worth it like it's Mm -hmm. it's hard everyone who owns a studio or a brick and mortar will tell you it's hard Mm -hmm. um it's a lot of work you work weekends you work evenings you work all the time um but especially within the wellness sphere when you see that transformation in people you're like oh that's why I'm doing this that's why we're here mm-hmm. yeah what was the initial vision for the space like did you have kind of like a, a mission statement or like mm. what you really wanted to get out of this like was it to just you know teach people yoga was it to bring a community together was it to bring holistic wellness to deep river what was yeah. like that core? So it was definitely community. You know, we didn't, we don't really have a space like that where we are. And then also the holistic wellness, you know, we're pretty fortunate. We do have an amazing health food store where we are and he'll order pretty much anything you want. But um, some of the stuff that I just found I couldn't get locally, like a lot of the brands that we carry are actually from Toronto. Um, so we carry a few natural skincare brands and stuff like that all out of Toronto Um, small companies, actually women-run companies. Um, So we just wanted to bring a little taste of that and and create a space where people could come. And, you know, every week we have people that say they come in for an appointment or they come in for yoga and they're like, as soon as they walk in the door, they're like, as soon as I walk in the door, I relax. Because we have a lounge and, you know, we have filtered water and um, there's always essential oils going and... um, You know, that's just such a beautiful thing, you Mm -hmm. know, whether someone's coming in for treatment or yoga or sometimes people just come in to talk Mm -hmm. Um, or one of my friends stopped in yesterday because she, you know, needed to get like a jade facial roller because Mm -hmm. for lymphatic drainage. And she was like, oh, I know carousels those. Right. Whereas like what small town would you have a place where you can go and get those things? Mm -hmm. So, um yeah, it was, it was about community and about bringing that little, it's kind of bringing a little slice of Toronto also, mm-hmm. you know, like the aesthetic and the mm-hmm. small towns things can be pretty run down. So when you create a space that feels like home and, you know, you're going there to shop, but it's like you're in someone's living room, that's special. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that's where some of the most amazing spaces are born out of. It's when you realize that what you want doesn't exist mm-hmm. and uh, it takes a lot of courage to go create it, but that is what business opportunity is. It's recognizing that, yes, there's a, a gap in the market. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you kind of saw that and mm-hmm. you were missing some of the, the things mm-hmm. that you had uh, in your previous Toronto life and you mm-hmm. brought that to your mm-hmm. community. So I'm curious, did you write a business plan or did you just <laughs> dive in and start like creating? Because I think both ways are yeah. totally fine. And I know a lot of people listening, they feel like they have to sit down and crunch numbers mm-hmm. and get the business plan books from the library. Um, from your experience, what did you do? Yeah, I definitely didn't write a business plan. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you knew that deep down. Um, I'm not a business plan person. I'm not a spreadsheet person. Um, this being said, I had been working 
in the private sector as a physiotherapist for a long time. So I already had a established incorporated business. Yeah. So I already had, you know, like my corporate bank accounts, I already had credit. I already had all these things. Um, so it wasn't necessary in my case because I'd been working privately as a therapist. Um, I think, you know, in retrospect, it's probably a smart idea. Um, not to say that it's something I plan to do because I'm, it's just not how my brain works. I'm, I'm, as you say, a visionary, I have a vision and I make it happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and the steps in between just work their way out. All this being said, I found an old journal and probably six years ago now I had written a vision for essentially what I've created. Really? Okay. Talk more about that. Cause I think that's so cool. I think there's so much power in writing words down Yeah, and getting them out of your head. So, so it was when I left my, um, job in the financial district and I was, I busted out solo at a local yoga studio. I had an office at a yoga studio before I moved. And, um, I had literally written down that I wanted a space with phys- like like my physio office, you know, natural products, places, a place where people can learn about natural holistic living and also, you know, yoga and mind body medicine, basically. And so when I was in Toronto, I worked out of an established yoga studio. So that kind of gave me that. And then, you know, this journal just made its way wherever. And when I was cleaning up a few months ago, I found this journal and I opened it and it all of the things that were there are things that we have in our current mm-hmm. space. And I had completely forgotten about it, but it's probably six years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so these things have a way of making their way back to the surface. I love that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like as little as it is to just grab a sheet of paper one day and just write down some thoughts. Those are like breadcrumbs that lead yeah. you down a trail. And it's not like you just wrote that journal entry and magically manifested a space. It's just part of the process like getting ideas out of your head and talking to people and trying things and failing and it always just leads you one step closer to what eventually was that journal entry in real life but it's not like it just happened by you know Mm. clicking your heels (laughs) so Mm. I think that's super cool um before we kind of shift gears a little bit I'm curious how did you get the word out about the studio when it opened because I know marketing is something that's really intimidating even just that word people kind of like shudder and they're like I don't know how I would get people aware of what Mm -hmm. I'm building and who would possibly like find out about my space or how do I even get people in the door what were maybe two or three of the most impactful marketing methods quote unquote that you practice to get people aware of um, the space so for us um Where I live, word of mouth is really big. So since I was already a prominent therapist in the area, like my therapy office was moving there. So that was helpful. Um, At that time, social media was much better for small businesses. You didn't (laughs) have to pay. (laughs) Like two years ago, you would create a Facebook event and it would reach thousands. Like it would literally reach my whole town. And now it's like we tried to run an event the other week and I paid over the month $60 in advertising and got no signups from it. So definitely at the time, um, Facebook was a very powerful tool. Um, and the fact that we had another business kind of partnered within our business that was food related, got a lot of buzz out. So definitely something to think about and, 
you know, I still think it's powerful and I see it happening in my area and also Toronto is like, if you have a business that marries really well with another business, partner up, you know, split the rent, you know, you have, you know, less stress that way. You have two avenues now advertising for one space. People come Mm -hmm. in for one thing, they see there's something else. So that was really powerful for us in that first year is that people would come in for food because where we are, there's no like super healthy things. And this was a smoothie bar opening, right? So it was like a smoothie bar and salads and stuff like that. So people would come in for food and then they'd be like, oh, you have yoga or you have these services. So that was super powerful for us was Mm -hmm. uh, pairing up with another business. And I think, you know, even in the city, that's a powerful thing to do because you might have a really good reach with one group of people and they might have a really good reach with another. And then now both of those groups know about each other's business. So Mm. Yeah, I think that's such a good tip for anybody. Like, partnerships are vital to your success. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to do it all alone, especially when you're just starting out. And whether you're online or have a physical business, um, yeah, like, make those connections because then you get to share audiences Mm -hmm. and you get to put two, um, whether they're like services or maybe non-alike services Mm -hmm. together and spread the reach amongst Mm -hmm. both of your audiences and kind of share the burden on that. I think that's such a good tip. Um, And what's like the best part, I would say, about owning a studio? Like what has been the most rewarding thing, a big milestone or just something that like fills your cup? Yeah, so definitely um, for both myself and my husband, because he works at the studio as well, The biggest thing is just seeing the impact you, the huge impact you can have on someone's life. And it's not everyone who walks in the door, but Mm -hmm. you know, we have this one, we were talking about him the other day, this one guy and he came in and, um, so I live near a very big military base. So he's a veteran and young though, because a lot of, a lot of veterans are young, right? They're medically discharged young. And he came in and he was just riddled with chronic pain and, I happened to be eating my lunch and normally it's, you know, about a two month wait to get in to see me as a new client. And I just saw him walk in and I saw the pain in his eyes and I squeezed him in, which my husband always gets mad at me for. Like, I'm not allowed to answer the phone anymore and all these things because I just, I overwork. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I put him in my schedule and, you know, over the next couple months, like just seeing his pain come down and then he started meditating for his stress and he's... We have a program we run called Broga and it's men's yoga. So um, he's been going to Broga and he's like getting all his friends to sign up. And it's literally the person we saw walk in six months ago wow. is a completely different person who's there now. Like he's pain free. He's coming to yoga. He's getting all his friends to come to yoga. Like he meditates every day. And, you know, it's it's the pieces like that where you're like, whoa, like this person's life changed. And it's not going to happen every day, but those days Mm -hmm. where it does, you're like, oh my God, like that was because of what we're doing, this Mm -hmm. work that we're doing. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. so rewarding. And like, Mm -hmm. you would do that for free, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. If it all came down to it. I always said if I won the lottery, I'd still work. I'd just work less. Yeah. (laughs) Like that. (laughs) I'd still do what I do, but like half as much. Just cut out those really long days when you get home and you just flop on the couch. Like a four hour day instead of, you know, a 10 or 12 hour day. Yeah. I love it. That's so cool. And and so special that you've created a space for that type of transformation. Mm -hmm. So... 
obviously in owning a studio space, you're constricted by the people in the physical Mm -hmm. proximity, right? Mm -hmm. And I know that as a visionary, you're continuing to dream and you've got an idea to bring an online course to life. So Mm. do you want to share a little bit about that? And like, first of all, where the idea came from and um, kind of where you're at with it. So dive into where the idea started. Yeah. So um, when, oh my God, five years ago? Five years ago. Yeah. So five years ago, Uh, My husband was diagnosed with cancer, and at the time, he was 29, so maybe six years ago. We're getting old. (laughs) Um, We are, yes. So, (laughs) relative, (laughs) relatively old. Um, So, he was 29, and it was stage four brain cancer, so devastating, devastating news. And, you know, over the last five and a half years, we've... We've gone through surgeries, chemo, radiation, all those things, Um, you know, cancer coming back, figuring out. So in our case, you know, we worked really closely with an oncology naturopath and, you know, his cancer stopped growing and he's now a long term survivor. But, you know, you're at an age for us, we're at an age where, you know, everyone's just kind of getting into their careers and not thinking about these things and, you know, worried more about their weddings and whether they're going to have kids and all, you know, and meanwhile, we're, you know, over in the corner being like, well, that's all great, but, you know, this is life. Like, this is literally a lifetime happening to us at 30. Mm -hmm. And so um, basically, as we were going through, he has a background in martial arts, so like very meditative background. I had a background, I'd been practicing yoga at that point for 14 years um, and meditation. And so we had these tools in our pocket and we had amazing community. Like community is key. You know, what you're creating here, just even for entrepreneurs, like it's key. Community is key. And we had these tools, but we realized these tools aren't offered. They're not offered as you go through. And, you know, you get told when you go. So, you know, typically most people's experience, like the first time you go to the hospital, you're there literally like all day and you're talked to by like 20 million different people and you're just overwhelmed and there's a big binder and it's like you don't really know what's happening. And then they just, you know, they throw in like, oh, and we have support groups and it's like once a week. And but the reality is when you're spending time, especially actively in treatment, you're not going back to the hospital for a support group. Like, there's no mm. way. You're just like, no, like, I've spent enough time there. So what we have envisioned and are creating um, is we're creating a program called Conscious Cancer. And it's, you know, you can take... a cancer diagnosis and everyone knows somebody with cancer or who's had cancer like it's there's pretty much no degrees of separation at this point which is a sad reality and when you're going through that like what tools do you need what tools aren't being provided for you to come through it with grace for you to come through it with mindfulness for you to come through it Instead of as a burden, as a learning experience, like what is this diagnosis here to teach you? And that's a hard truth. 
-hmm. like most people going through, you know, it's, it sucks. Like there's no way around it. It sucks. And, you know, we're still going through it. It's why I'm here right now. I'm in Toronto because we have still have follow-ups because, you know, in our case, those follow-ups are always going to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's like, what can you do? What tools, what tools can we provide to help that journey be a little bit easier, to help that burden be a little bit less. So we're creating uh, online programs. So it doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter what age. Um, doesn't matter what level of involvement you want. There will be an option and there will be meditations and there will be restorative practices and there will be tools and there will be tips. And, you know, in the one version, there will be a weekly call and there will be a sense of community because that's something that you just don't have. Mm -hmm. um, and it's something that we were fortunate enough in our life to have with our friends. But you know what? We also saw some friends lose touch because I think it was too much for them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's a hard truth. And, you know, we're in this place that I will say of privilege, having gone through this, that we almost feel like 80 year olds in our life wisdom and how can we share that how can we take this life altering experience and alter other people's lives for the better mm. and how can we take you know I'm fortunate to have a medical background how can we take that background how can we take resources like my cousin who's a trauma therapist how can we bring these together for people to access? So yeah, that's our next phase. And that's super exciting because like you said, you know, we live in a, we live in a town of 4,000 people. We're doing really cool things with our business, but how can we reach more people? Mm -hmm. And like next level. This thinking. is our, this is our next level. Mm -hmm. How long were you talking about this idea before you could put a finger on this mm -hmm. is an online program? Like, has it been a conversation between you and Martin for a long time? Or did someone wake up one morning and <laughs> say to the other, like, we're doing conscious cancer. It's an online program. Yeah. So I think we kind of were toying with doing some work around cancer about how to do it because again in our experience we hadn't found anything that really fit the books and um but it was last I guess a year ago last November I was in Venice Beach doing my yoga psychology training and there is a business module a one-week business module and essentially my teacher Ashley Turner full credit she's if you need a visionary person to follow follow Ashley Turner. She's a yoga teacher, psychotherapist, business mastermind. Cool. Um, she basically told me like, that's what you're doing. So her whole thing is she actually said to get more specific and make it specifically for couples. I want to do both because it doesn't exist for couples and it doesn't exist for people who aren't in a couple. So, um, her whole thing is what are people already coming to you for? Mm -hmm. In our case, it's totally this realm. Um, what are people already coming to you for? And then how specific can you be? And then how do you, 
essentially make, and it's a lot of what you do with the visionary method, how do you make it reproducible, repeatable? Mm -hmm. So how do you, how do you start to shift? For example, in my, in my business, I'm in healthcare and I'm in brick and mortar. So everything is an energy exchange for money. I am always there. So how do you take, and this is the brilliance of it, is like, how do you take something you're already offering to people likely for free? How do you take that? How do you turn it into a specific offering with a specific target? And then how do you create a repeatable program around that? Mm -hmm. Because then that's when you take your life's work and you take, you know, for those of you in the Dharma, in the yoga world, your Dharma, you know, what keeps showing up for you in life and why does it keep showing up? Because you haven't brought it to completion. So, you know, in my case, there was my husband's diagnosis, which aligned with actually losing a close friend to cancer. And then last year when I was going through all this training, my father had cancer. So like what keeps showing up in my life? Mm -hmm. What tools do you have that you're already offering people? How do you package it? And then how do you make that package repeatable so that you're not spending your whole life exchanging energy for money Mm -hmm. so that you can create something to help more people on a larger scale and also at the same time make your life easier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So good. I actually just finished um, an online program and they put a term on this, what you're talking about, and they called it the knowledge business. Oh. Like valuing the knowledge and life experience you have enough to feel confident and not ashamed that you're you're putting it in a beautiful package and offering it to someone else. Mm. And I think a lot of people feel this weird like shame or guilt around selling their knowledge. And they're mm. like, oh, well, I could just talk about this all day for free. But at the end of the day, when there's that monetary exchange, that exchange mm. of energy, there's a higher level of commitment. And you've spent so much time and energy and Martin spent so much time and energy acquiring these tools and mm-hmm. you've paid to acquire the tools mm-hmm. right like you put yourself through trainings you said you were in venice beach last year upgrading your knowledge mm-hmm. and so to package that up in the perfect formula of what you guys know to be true and then to charge for it it's still like an amazing exchange that someone can download your knowledge mm-hmm in a matter of time it's incredible Mm -hmm. and no longer do people necessarily want these generalized support groups or Mm -hmm. business coaches or whatever the program is they want to seek out a teacher who they resonate with Mm -hmm. right and somebody from the u.s or from new zealand may really connect with your story Mm -hmm. so it's important that you guys offer that to them Mm -hmm. right because maybe their local resources are no good Mm -hmm. and so it's just yeah it's such a cool time that we live in um did you guys have any hang-ups over like how to put a price tag on this or um is that something you've already kind of worked through and you you feel so confident in that (laughs) yeah it's it's still a to be determined I have a really hard time with that but at the same time I I acknowledge that you need to charge what you're worth, but it's like, how do you come up with that, right? So that's where, like, oh, you'll probably be getting some messages from me being yeah. like, Kelsey, I need your help. Or, and the, the crazy thing is, know. there is no right answer. Yeah, so we definitely want to have a two-tiered system so that, you know, maybe those who, you know, only want certain content, which we discussed a little bit before, right? Like, 
one thing that is so real when you get a diagnosis is for six months to a year, you don't really want to talk to someone about it. Like you're going to talk to your partner, you're going to talk to your best friends, but for the most part, like you're processing. So, um, like we're definitely going to have, you know, a price point for a certain version of it and a price point for the more community oriented version of it. Um, but I think that that's where mentors and business coaches and everyone kind of come in because it's, it's really hard. And like, even for me, like living in a small community last year, I raised my rates for therapy. I hadn't raised my rates in eight years. Wow. Like eight years of no <laughs> like, time of up leveling, up leveling my skills, eight years of having my hands on people. And, you know, I came to a rate that I felt comfortable with and immediately going into work felt better. Like I was being valued. And at the same time, that was still capped based on where I live versus if I was still living in Toronto or if I was living in, you know, California, like Ashley basically told me to charge twice as much as I charge. I'm like, you can't do that in Canada in a small town in Ontario, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, that's definitely a sticking point. But I also look at, you know, going through our holistic treatments, how much money we spent and how much money we were willing to spend. Yeah. Like the hourly rate for our naturopath. Like if we made our program double that hourly rate, it would still feel like aligned. Yeah. And it's like, you know, this is not an hour of content. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, yeah, that's definitely something we're going to have to establish because we do have, you know, there will be a few health professionals involved too. And that ups the value. Um, but that's, it's hard. It's, it's hard. Really and that's hard. where I think, you know, leaning on your community and leaning on looking at other programs that may or may not be similar just to get an idea of, you know, mm-hmm. what is a six week program worth? Um, yeah. I know it helped me mm-hmm. a lot. And I, I tell a lot of my students to do this to like kind of quantify their knowledge. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so you went to school and then you took this course and you have this certification and like, just write all that down with the monetary value <laughs> yeah. just so that you can become really aware of how much money you've been willing to invest in yeah. your own development um, so that you don't feel weird about putting a price tag. So much money. So much money, yeah. And sometimes that I don't just, even uh, want to know how much money I've spent on my education. That's your life MBA <laughs> for sure. Um, in terms of bringing the ideas for this program out of your head and eventually you will be creating Mm -hmm. the content. How have you been organizing your thoughts? Like obviously it's your brain, it's Martin's brain. So where is all this information being categorized and how are you making sure that you're kind of making these like little leaps every day to put the information in in different buckets? Yeah. So we function in very different ways. So, um, you know, for me, I've been, either journal or I am a very big user of the notes section on my phone. So I have like a bunch of notes. And even as I was driving to Toronto and I've yet to write it down, I had like a little brain like, oh, I got to remember to put it. And I'm hoping it will come back to my brain later because <laughs> I'm a little jet lagged. Yeah. But, um, you know, so sometimes it'll just pop into my head and I'll like throw it in a note in my phone. So, you know, the way that I function is kind of like creating all these little notes and then I will give myself a deadline and I will light a little fire under my own butt because I'm a procrastinator. Um, so for me, like I, you know, was giving myself kind of the deadline, like a, a rough deadline of the new year. So, you know, every year um, we do close for a week over Christmas um, just because, again, you know, no one's coming for therapy. No one's going to yoga. So 
um, during that week, I do intend to create some content because, you know, I'm giving myself kind of a preliminary, um, you know, launch, a soft launch or a beta launch. I would love to do one in February. Okay. Um, so that's how my brain works is I create a bunch of little notes and then I will likely, I'm that person that will just like go hard for a few days and just, mm-hmm. um, hammer it out. Yeah. My husband's the complete opposite. He's like the spreadsheet analytical mind. So, you know, he's got like a program on his phone and his laptop that he likes to write in. Um, so he creates content that way. Um, he really, you know, in terms of if he's teaching meditation or yoga, he scripts everything. Hmm. It's how his brain works. Um, I teach more on feeling and channeling. So um, in terms of even our video and our audio content, they'll be created so differently just because of how we function as people. So um, definitely allowing some time, you know, he's already kind of sat down and created some content, Um, but mine is more in note form at this point. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I love that. And in terms of where people could go to find out more or connect with you if they have any interest in what you're creating right now, where can they find out more or just stay in touch with you about it? Yeah, so I have set up an Instagram for it. I believe I have three or four posts up and then I, you know, had no internet for a month. So, which is probably a blessing, which is amazing. Yeah, um, I, I need that right now. Yeah. So, that Instagram is at conscious.cancer. And then, in terms of keeping up with all of the other things, or um, I often will post meditative thoughts, like as I'm sure you've seen on my other one, that's at kara.embodied. So, that's more about like life and throwing some, you know, some yoga stuff or what I'm up to, or sometimes I'll throw out posts to support some other companies I believe in. So, um, that would be Embodied. but the cancer is, um, at conscious.cancer. I do believe we bought a URL. I can't remember precisely, but I can conscious, always link it in the conscious.cancer, um, is our Instagram mm-hmm. and all of the information will be up there. And then once we do have the website up, that will be linked on there anyway. So that would be the place to start. Um, and you know, we're already creating like a little bit of community there and, mm-hmm. you know, we always encourage people when we post about, you know, if you have a story around this, like share and trying to just create an Instagram community as well, uh, with people sharing their experience and their story. So we just want even that level of it to be a place to connect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So cool. And yeah, I think you're, you and Martin are both like true testaments of, the amazing opportunity that we have living in 2019 and beyond Mm -hmm. to share our life experiences in a way that can reach the masses. And I love that you're bringing this idea to life and it's really cool to be able to chat with you as you're in that process, Mm -hmm. right? Because oftentimes we see people once they've created the course Mm -hmm. or once they've already got 20 students enrolled. And I think it's also a magical process to be in that stage of the ideation and the writing in your notes app Mm -hmm. and the talking to people like, Hey, have you been through something similar? What would you want out of this Mm -hmm. program? And there's a lot of time and energy and work that goes into Mm -hmm. this phase of creating it, but it is going to be so neat to watch you birth Mm -hmm. this baby to the world. Um, so obviously I can't wait to see it all come to life and Mm -hmm. keep us posted so that the whole visionary community can, 
um, help you to share this incredible package that you're putting together. And hopefully you can come back on again. Hopefully, you know, not two years later. (laughs) And uh, we can share the journey of you actually launching this program. So thank you so much for coming to my place after your trip from Nepal (laughs) and driving from Deep River. I am so excited to share this conversation. And uh, people can go to the show notes to get all those links. So thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. Hi, my name is April Miranda, and I started working with Kelsey Rydell and the Visionary Method because I felt so scatterbrained. My brain and ideas were all over the place. Like she would give me homework and prioritize tasks that would serve me and my vision and my business. And so after working with her, I feel as I've created this umbrella of clarity, of knowing who I am as an entrepreneur, as a teacher, as a healer, as a coach. And together with her, I've created Align, Activate, and Attract, this seven-module course that I am so fired up about. I am so clear that this is what I'm meant to do. So thank you, Kelsey Rydell, for helping me get clear. As you know, you and I had talked early on about a sales page, and you had sent me that template and I used it, and uh, I've got feedback from people on my website that it's clean, it's to the point, and it, and it works. I wouldn't have been able to create a sales page like that if I didn't have that template to follow. Worth the price of admission. So I knew that I wanted to combine something with, within wellness, something within you know my skills with mindfulness, with yoga, with meditation, all the things that I'm really you know good at and I needed the help to package that up into something that I could sell. In the Visionary Method, I did create a a program that's a eight workshop program, and that's what I'm offering as an extra layer of support to my existing client. Is it time to take action on that business idea of yours? Have you been wanting to explore your potential and try your hand at launching? Or maybe you're finally ready to move away from your current job in pursuit of your own business so that you can make money doing something you love. Hey, I'm Kelsey Rydell. I'll be your coach for the next three months while we work together through the Visionary Method. I created this course because it was exactly what I needed but couldn't find when I launched my first online business. I've packed each module with innovative workbooks, time-honored processes, and the knowledge that took me years and years and a whole lot of money to learn when it comes to creating, launching, and selling your services. The Visionary Method has already helped hundreds of people just like you to build a business beyond the scale of their wildest dreams. So whether you've been thinking of launching a business or if you already have a business started, I'm certain that the Visionary Method will help you surpass your business goals and create full-time income. You can head to kelseyridle.com slash waitlist to learn more. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Visionary Life. I love bringing you these conversations on a weekly basis. So if you could help me out by rating and reviewing this show on your iTunes app, I would be so grateful. You can also support the show by taking a quick screenshot of the episode and sharing it on your Instagram stories. Just make sure to tag me at Kelsey Rydell. If you're feeling stuck, uninspired, stagnant, bored, or confused in what your next step should be, it's time to take action. Please reach out because I would love to connect with you. I'll catch you in the next step.